Okay, good evening everybody and welcome. Today we're going to be starting chapter 45 of Tanya, Compassion for the Plight of the Soul. Welcome, Morabasha, Dr. Malav, welcome. We should only hear good news by everyone. So, I'd like to share with you this little graph. Over here, we have these four circles. And the four circles are Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Rachel. What's fascinating is we have, we have three forefathers and how many matriarchs? Four, three patriarchs and three matriarchs. And yet from the four matriarchs, often we find that the youngest of all of them, what was the youngest of all of them? What was their name? Rachel, because we know Yaakov married Leah and Ra Leah and Rachel, Leah and Rachel, and Rachel was the younger one. Rachel is the one that stands out. So, for example, when it comes to the month of Iyar, we currently were in the month of Sivan, but the month prior was Iyar. Iyar is an acronym for Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Rachel. So Rachel is, is a, a shining light from the matriarchs. And perhaps we'll get some insight into it right now. But primarily what I wanted to talk about is what each one of the patriarchs give us and what the matriarch Rachel gives us. So the idea to love, the idea of kindness is something that we learn from Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu, he had a tent with four sides. Everybody was welcome in. He was kind to all. If Arabs would come, he would feed them extremely, extremely well. However, his kindness also didn't really know bounds. Perhaps he didn't know how to also discipline. And we see that Avraham had a son. He had two children, he had Yitzchak, but he also had a son, Yishmael. That's Avraham. Avraham's on the right side. Avraham is kindness, chesed. On the left side, we have Yitzchak, severity. Yitzchak was strict. Yitzchak lived only in Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak dug wells, he would really try and get to the depth of items. However, only being strict, only discipline is also not the best path. And Yitzchak also had two children. His two children were, can anyone call them out? Yaakov and Esau. Yaakov, who was good, and Esau, who was not very good. But what is the culmate? What is the ultimate? And where do we see a shining example? That's when we combine 
love and fear together, kindness and discipline together. And kindness and discipline together is beauty. What is beauty? If you hear just a violin, that's nice. Just a piano, that's also nice. But if you go to the symphony and you hear the violin together with the trumpet, together with these 100 different instruments together, all in sync and giving God this beautiful music, that's beauty. It's items coming together. So Yaakov is compassion. What's compassion? Compassion means that I know this was inappropriate and I'm going to be compassionate to you. Compassion means that there's kindness and discipline together and I'm having compassion. And Yaakov had 12 sons. I say 12 sons because thank God he had more than 12 children. But he had 12 boys. And all of them, thank God, were healthy and holy. Avraham, that was fully kindness. That's not the complete path. Only severity, only discipline is not a complete path. We have to have the beauty of Yaakov, the compassion of Yaakov. Yaakov's wife, Rachel, she is the matriarch which in Kabbalah represents Malchus. Malchus is the source of the community of Israel. We actually learned that kingship is feminine. Kingship is something that accepts and then creates. So Rachel, our matriarch, she is the creation, she is the source and the, and the creation of the Jewish souls. So far, so good. And actually, one of the things we're going to learn later tonight, God willing, is when Yaakov meets Rachel at the well, something inappropriate happens. They've never met before. And he goes up to her and he kisses her. That's not really appropriate that's, conduct. It's very it's, inappropriate. Very inappropriate. Very inappropriate. Why is it very inappropriate, Mark? Well, they're strangers. And um, you don't just walk up to a stranger and do inappropriate things with them. Yeah. Now, it happens to be it was his cousin. So I could give you a halachic reasoning, but nonetheless, it's inappropriate. And we're talking about Yaakov. We're talking about Yaakov, which is, we learned he is the attribute of truth. So he, he didn't just walk over and give this girl a kiss. What's the meaning behind it? And we're going to learn something extremely deep that happened at that moment, according to Kabbalah. But let's come now and bring this all together. Why did we mention this? Tanya has currently been leading us to tell us the need for kindness, for love of Hashem. And we spoke about the need for fear of Hashem. So we learned about Avraham loving Hashem. We learned about Yitzchak fearing Hashem and 
to, in chapter 45, Tanya's going to say, hey, there's another method. Let's have compassion. Let's have tiferes. Let's have beauty. Another way of connecting with Hashem, a beautiful way of connecting with Hashem. Let's see that inside. Chapter 45. Any questions before we jump in? Uh, Rabbi, I got one. Uh, it's a, it says uh, the, the uh, four worlds is the world of absolute. And why, why is this the, the, the top world? Why is Atsilos the top world? What does the word now? Just a moment. If I'm correct, is this a question from our current from our current chapter? N not a question from our, our current chapter, but I'm looking at it. It says the, the yeah the world of you know the world uh, of Atzilus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. in the graph I made it says the world of Atzilus. And so why is this? Why are these attributes that define Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Rachel in the world of Atzilus? Well. The question is, what does the word atzilus mean? Anybody want to chime in? What does the word atzilus mean? Emanation? Emanation. What does emanation mean? Inspiration? I don't know. Um, effusiveness? So I'm going to use a simple English word. I'm sure there's a better one. But my simple English word will be, I want to translate the word Eitzel. Atzilus comes from the word Eitzel. Dr. Malov, what does the word Eitzel mean? Eitzel is advice. Eitzel would be advice. Eitzel. Aleph Tzadik Lamid. Eitzel. What? Eitzel, near? Near. Yishai, what were you going to say? No, I was just, no, just going to say it's the, it's, the world that, it's the world that Hashem emanates from. Oh, oh. So Eitzel means near. Atzilus is a world that is near to Hashem. In chapter 49, mm -hmm. we're going to learn that there was no contraction of Hashem needed for Atzilus because it's right there. It's near Hashem. Hashem's a part of it. Answer the question, Daniel? Yes, yes. Okay. That answered. Yes. Beautiful. Chapter 45, there's yet another direct road open to man. And of course, man means man and woman, human. Another way for us to connect to Hashem and, and be able to serve Hashem and complete our mission in this world. And that is to occupy oneself with the Torah and commandments for their own sake. How do you do that? What's another method? We spoke about a method of, of connecting with Hashem through love, Avraham, through fear, Yitzchak. And now we're going to talk about through the attribute of our patriarch, Yaakov. Peace unto him. What was his attribute? The attribute of mercy. How, what, what does mercy mean? It's beautiful, beautiful. Let me show you this picture. Again, any pictures I show you are all my, my imagination and they could be completely false. So forgive me if they are, but this is just my understanding. Hashem, is everything. Now Hashem created a universe. And within the universe, Hashem created a human. But here you have this picture of, do you see over here this picture of um, the uh, hemisphere on the left-hand side? Mm -hmm. We went 
from being a part of Hashem himself all the way to the right into being into skin of a snake. What does it mean, skin of a snake? Our godly soul went from being a piece of Hashem into a body that wants the exact opposite. It wants just to, you know, eat and celebrate and have everything physical it could imagine. And that is very painful. Very painful for the soul. The soul is trapped. It's literally in prison. It's come from being this one with Hashem, holy, and it goes into the lowest of low. So have some compassion on your soul and do what you need to do. Let's see that inside. It is first to arouse in his mind great compassion before God for the divine soul spark which animates his soul that has descended from its source of the life of life, the blessed ain't so. So you just, your body, your soul comes from, is a part of Hashem literally. The life of life. And your soul comes from Hashem and Hashem is higher than all words. He's a part of all and in comparison with whom everything is accounted as nothing. Yet it is this spark has been clothed in a serpent's skin, which is far removed from the light of the king's countenance at the greatest possible distance, since this world is the lowest of the coarse klipos. Your soul is the highest of high, and it's gone to the lowest of low. Have some feeling. Care about your soul. Especially, that's if it's just a normal Monday, meaning that your soul went into your body. That is bad enough. But God forbid, if one sinned, that's even worse. Because we know, as you see this picture here, you see a man on the top holding a rope connected to the person on the bottom. Now, which if either of those two people shake the rope, it's going to affect the rope completely. So if that person on the bottom is connected to a rope that is on top of the space needle, it doesn't matter how far away the rope is. If you shake it at the bottom, it will also shake at the top. Our soul, it may be far, but if we do something inappropriate, we're dragging our soul deep into inappropriate things. And now we have to have even more compassion for where we've taken our soul. Let's see that inside. And especially, I'll have compassion for my soul that not only was it stuck coming from 
the blessed ain't so into serpent skin, into a physical body that has desires and lusts. But on top of that, when he will recall all his actions and utterances and thoughts, your machshava dibra maisa, your thought, speech, and action, since the day he came into being, from the day you were created, reflect for a minute, unworthy as they were, were, were they inappropriate? If they were, then causing the king to be fettered by the tresses, by the impetuous thoughts of the brain. So your, what you're thinking is not just affecting you. It's affecting your soul that is one with Hashem. Why? Because here comes a famous quote, for Jacob is the cord of his inheritance. Hashem, Yaakov, we say he's a cord, a rope of his inheritance, as in the illustration of one pulling a rope and so forth, like the illustration that if you pull a rope at the bottom of it, the top is affected. So wherever you go, Hashem is with you. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thought. Whatever will happen in your life, Hashem will always be standing by your side. But God forbid, if one will do something inappropriate, this is the esoteric doctrine of the exile of the Shechim. You have God for not you. One, one who has done something inappropriate has taken the Shechina into an exile. You're responsible for that. So as we learned, learned very graphically in a previous chapter, should we do something inappropriate, it's like taking the king's head and putting it inside of a dirty toilet bowl. You're taking the king into the lowest places. But I want you to think about the flip side. The flip side is even greater. If you do something special, Hashem's right there with you, celebrating with you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We say, Even if I'm on, in, a, in a very scary place, I have no fear. Because wherever I go, Hashem is with me. And concerning this, it is written. Actually, before we get here, I just want to focus on this point. How lucky we are. How lucky we are. That we're never alone. We're never alone, no matter what happens. That's what Ashkacha practice. What Ashkacha practice? Every blade of grass the Gemara tells us has an angel telling it to move. There is nothing that happens without divine thought, without Hashem thinking it's a part of our plan. This was a novelty of the Baal Shem Tov. There were people that said, Hashem only cares about the Jewish nation and everything else he only cares in order for the Jewish nation to be. In other words, I don't care in particular about that tree and about the particulars of the leaf. And, and I just care that the tree will be of benefit to the Jewish people. That was one perspective. But the Baal Shem Tov taught us, no, no, no. Hashkacha Pratis. 
Divine providence is over every single thing in this world down to a blade of grass, down to the computer, down to your water bottle. Every single thing is part of the divine. It's part of the divine plan. So if we think about this for a moment, we are very, very lucky. We're never alone. We are never alone. Okay? Concerning this idea, so now we're saying that you should have compassion on Hashem. Hashem is stuck inside of you. Your soul is stuck inside of you. Be a caring person and release the soul. Release the soul by, by allowing it to, to kiss his father, by allowing your soul to hug his on Hashem is hinted to in the Pasuk that says concerning this it is written and let him return unto Hashem and have mercy upon him. The Pasuk is a little vague. If you're a grammatician, if you know uh, Hebrew grammar well, you'll, you'll know the verse says let him return to Hashem and have mercy upon him. So the first part of the of the verse is crystal clear. You and I need to return to Hashem. But then the second part of the verse, and have mercy upon him. Who is having mercy on who? So the classic understanding is you return to Hashem, and Hashem will have mercy on you. <laughs> but Hasid says so much, another, la another layer of understanding, because remember, there's more than one layer of understanding, and they're both true. But another layer of understanding this Pasuk is, and you should return to Hashem and have mercy upon Him, Him, capital H, upon Hashem. Return to Hashem and have mercy on Hashem, arousing great compassion towards God who dwells among us. As is written, who dwells among them in the midst of their uncleanliness. You can never be too dirty for Hashem to come. And be a part, be one. How beautiful it is that not only are we able to connect with Hashem, not only are we able to serve Hashem, but we're able to have compassion on Hashem, we're able to help Hashem. Wow. Any questions so far? Okay, so let's take it further. And now this will help us understand that story we mentioned earlier that's a little cryptic. What do you mean that Yaakov goes and just kisses Rachel? They don't know each other. What, what, what's going on in this story? Seemingly extremely inappropriate. But tonight we're going to learn. Let's go back to this page here. Yaakov is compassion. And Rachel is a Jewish mother. She is the Jewish people. Yaakov goes and he kisses Rachel. 
at that moment, he is arousing compassion for Rafael, for the Jewish people. And that's the line that's straight above. Yaakov is connected directly above with the fount of the higher mercies, the source of the 13 divine attributes of mercy. Yaakov is arousing compassion directly on Rachel, directly on the Jewish people, that the higher mercy, that the attribute, that the higher mercies should come and allow the Jewish soul to illuminate. So not only was it, the, was it not an inappropriate act, it was a needed act. Yaakov was doing something on behalf of the Jewish people for all time. In this act with Rachel, he was arousing compassion on all Jewish people. Let's see this inside in, in the time. This is the meaning of the verse, and Yaakov kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. What's going on here? What does this mean? For Rachel represents Knesset Yisrael, the community of Israel. Rachel, our matriarch, represents the Jewish, the community of people, the community of Israel, the fount, the source of all souls. And Yaakov is compassion. And Yaakov, with his supernal attribute, the attribute of compassion, of Tiferes, the attribute of mercy, and Atzilos, is the one who's arousing great compassion for her, for all the Jewish people. How is he arousing compassion? Tells us to Tanya that first he lifted up his voice, and then he was crying. So he gave her a kiss and then he lifts up his voice and he cries. Why? And he lifted up his voice. What do you mean and lifted up his voice? Like what's lifted it up where? Yeah, he lifted up his voice upwards to the fount of the higher mercies called the father of mercies and their source. So the first thing Yaakov does is he lifts up his voice. He connects himself with Mikar Harachim, the source of compassion. And then he starts crying. When he, once he connects with that level, he start, and he wept to awaken and draw from there. Once he's in that level of Father of Mercies, he's trying to draw down abundant compassion upon all the souls and upon the fount of the community of Israel. What's compassion going to help us? to raise them from their exile and to unite them with the Yichud Elia in higher unity of the light of the Blessed Ainsof. So Yaakov is on a mission. His mission is to allow the Jewish people not to suffer in exile, to bring down divine compassion, divine mercy on all the souls. And what type of unity does Yaakov want to bring? Yeah, your microphone is not working well. You hear me now? Barely. Barely. One second. Now I can hear you. Oh, now, now. One second. You kind of faded out earlier too, but you recovered. <laughs> hmm. 
How about now? Is it better? Yes, much better. Okay, please tell me if that happens again. I, I'm I'm sorry about that. But but all the okay. other ninety-nine I can't hear you, Gershon. Are you talking? Gershon was talking. Oh, it's fine. Oh, I only hear now. I'm sorry. Something happened. Gershon, what were you saying? <laughs> I just said the other 99.99% of the time it was perfect. Okay. So what did we hear last? Uh, he raised uh, up his voice to raise up the community of Israel from their exile and unite them in the Yehud el -Yon. So we're holding the area of Yaakov wants to connect the Jewish people with Hashem on a level of embrace and a kiss. A kiss and an embrace. I'm going to ask you something maybe a little funny, but an important question. What happens when you kiss someone? What connection is happening when you kiss them? Okay, I'll tell you the answer. Mark, go ahead. If I hear, if you... Well, I had an answer, but I, I wasn't quite sure it was the answer that I should share on this kind oh. of forum. Okay, okay. I, I'll um, tell you what I'm looking for then, and you'll tell me if that was your answer. There's two things that happen when you kiss someone. You physically connect mouth to mouth. And second of all, and actually the reason why in Kabbalah, a kiss is specifically mouth to mouth is because a kiss isn't only physical. There's also, when you connect with someone mouth to mouth, there's also a level of an inner connection, a level of spirit between the two people. So when Yaakov says that he wants the Jewish people to connect with Hashem as a kiss, Yaakov is saying, I want the Jewish people to connect with Hashem mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth refers to verbalizing and studying aloud words of Torah. What about the inner part of the kiss? more of the, the spirit-to-spirit, spirit, the mind-to-mind, mind. that is when we understand what we're learning. Because remember, when we learn Torah, we're learning Hashem's, Hashem's thought. So when we study aloud and understand God's Torah, we're having a kiss on both levels. We're connecting with Hashem mouth-to-mouth. We're verbalizing the words of Torah. And we're connecting, we're kissing Hashem and on, on an inner level. We're understanding Hashem's deepest thought. That's kiss. And then we have the idea of an embrace. What does it mean to hug? Hug is you take your hand, you put it around the person. What is our right hand? 
Hey, tough question here. A right hand in Kabbalah is, call it out. Chesed. Chesed. Thank you, Yisha. So when we do something kind, and specifically when we give tzedakah, charity to another person, we're, we're extending that kindness, that is our right hand, Kabbalistically. And at that moment, we're actually taking our right hand and we're having an embrace with Hashem. So Yaakov is weeping and he's trying to connect the Jewish people with Hashem on the level of a kiss and on the level of an embrace. Let's see this inside. Yaakov wants to connect the Jewish people with Hashem on the level of kisses. What does it mean to kiss? Which is the attachment of spirit to spirit. You see, we're not, a kiss is not just a, a mundane thing. It's the attachment of spirit to spirit. As is written, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Which means the union of the word of man with the word of God. How could my mouth and Hashem's mouth connect? Namely the halakha. When I study halakha, when I study Torah law, and I'm connecting my mouth with my word, with the word of Hashem. And again, I want it also to be not only an external kiss, but also more of an internal kiss. So to our coupled thought with thought, act with act. When I take my thought and I understand Hashem's thought, so now it's a much deeper connection. What's action? The latter referring to the active observance of commandments and in particular the act of charity and loving kindness. In particular, when I'm going to be give charity to another person, that's an act of kindness. And as we know, for chesed, kindness is the divine right arm. And this is, as it were, an actual embrace. So when you finish this class, I'm going to challenge you all to embrace Hashem by giving any amount of tzedakah. As it is written, and his right arm does embrace me. That the embrace, the physical embrace, is by doing acts of Torah and mitzvot and specifically charity. While the occupation of the Torah by word of mouth and concentrated thought constitute, as it were, actual kisses. This is incredible. This is incredible. We have the ability, as we'll learn in chapter 46, incredible. Next, next week. We have the ability to enter Hashem's chamber at any time of day. Now, if you talk to somebody in today's day and age, they're generally too busy for you. They're looking at their phone 90% of the time. By the way, I'm very guilty of this. I acknowledge it. You talk to somebody, their mind, their mind is not there with you. Now, talking, many people on this call who are not perhaps, um, thank God, are blessed not to be in this uh, connection with technology, but specifically, and the challenges only grow as people are younger and growing up with technology, that, that focus is we're losing it. But Hashem tells you any moment, I will focus fully on you. I'll give you a kiss. I'll give you a hug. I'll fully focus on you. How lucky we are. And when we do this, when we have this level of compassion on our soul, 
This is a method of arousing a great love. Ahavarabha. And the, the chapter is going to conclude that Yaakov, who could remind me, Yaakov is which attribute? Yaakov is the attribute of? Mercy. Mercy, compassion, tefereth. Yaakov has the ability to redeem Avraham. Avraham is which attribute? Kindness. 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 So mercy <clears throat> has the ability to redeem kindness, meaning that when you'll focus on having mercy, that could actually bring you to love. That's what we say here. In this way, a person is able to attain the distinction of Ahava Rabba, great love, your mercy on your soul could bring you to love in the consciousness of his heart, as it's written, of Yaakov who redeemed Avraham. Yaakov redeemed Avraham. If we, if instead of saying the name, I'll tell you the attribute it's going to read, compassion, which redeemed the love. The love was redeemed through compassion, as has been explained elsewhere. I'll try and wrap, put this all together for you. And hopefully tonight you'll sleep better than ever. Why will you sleep better than ever tonight? Number one, one principle we learned in this chapter is you're never alone. No matter what, Hashem is with you. He's standing by you. He's standing by you so much that the negative is if you do something inappropriate, you drag Hashem there. There's that rope. Wherever you go, Hashem is with you. But in the positive, if you take Hashem with you, how lucky you are. You know the kid that comes to school with his parents and he's so excited for everybody, he, he feels like the, the biggest kid in the class because his parents came with him to the class. Wherever we go, Hashem is with you. Now that is also our biggest challenge. Because Hashem is trapped in it. And so chapter 45 is telling us, don't keep Hashem trapped within you. Redeem him. Let him go free. Let your soul fly. Have compassion on your soul. Have compassion on Hashem. And this explained to us the story of Yaakov and Rachel. That Yaakov is compassion and Rachel is a Jewish soul and Yaakov was crying and weeping that Hashem should connect with the Jewish soul on a level of kissing, on a, way, on a level where we, on, we are able to verbalize and understand Hashem's thoughts. And in a way of an embrace, we're able to give charity and the right hand should embrace Hashem. So how lucky we are that we're able to kiss and hug Hashem at any time. Right now, wherever you all are, you're at this moment kissing Hashem. And I'm going to hope that when we finish, you'll all also give Hashem an embrace by giving some charity. Any questions? Shmir, is there, is, is there significant, there must be significance to Yaakov kissing Esau when they met up too? Is that, is that presumably what protected him from what he feared the most from his Esau and his... It's very, very interesting. You bring that up. Mm -hmm. When Yaakov and Esau came together, 
like Samantha was mentioning, that embrace. And actually, one of the things we learned about Yaakov meeting Esav was that there was a sense of mercy, there was a sense of compassion uh, between the two of them. Yes, yes. Very, well, yes, good point, my Shemendra. Mm-hmm. Any other questions, thoughts, or uh, ideas, challenges? Thank you, Rabbi. Yes, okay, I wish you all a beautiful, beautiful night. Yes, sir.